Today I would like to start um, a series in the book of Ephesians. So if you have a Bible and you'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Um, if you've got a church Bible, if it helps you, it's on page 1173. Um, if What's the, the rhyme that we learned? Gentiles eat pork chops. That's how we learned the first... Power company. Sorry? God's Electric Power Company. Or God's Electric Power Company. Okay. We have different ways of learning the, the order of the epistles. Um, Keith, have you got one? No. Oh, you haven't? Or maybe you did back in sword drill thing. Or, uh, I just use the index. Just use the index. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Sword drill is good. Sword drill is good. Um, so I'm going to read the first 14 verses of Ephesians and, and we'll take it from there. So Ephesians 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which is freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times reach their fulfilment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, <clears throat> might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Right, I don't know how you feel when I read that. I know sometimes we do a Bible study, we, well, we often do a Bible study with the, the, the children at bedtime, and you read something like this, and they kind of go, oh, it's kind of overwhelming, isn't it? It's bewildering. There's a lot of words there. There's a lot of, there's a lot. It's disorientating. It's intimidating. I don't know about you, but it's almost like eating this rich food, and it's just kind of like, oh, I'm too full. I can't, I can't take all this in. Um, so we're going to get to this in a second, but first of all, I want to tell you a story um, of my first trip to Canada. You might think to yourself, I've never had a trip to Canada, but I'm sorry, I've had several trips to Canada. I'm not going to make too many apologies for that. Um, the reason being um, that when I was young, my dad worked for British Airways. Yay. <laughs> Fly the flag, world's favourite airline. Uh, we'll take more care of you. These are all the slogans that I grew up with. Uh, being uh, a, a son of a British Airways employee. And um, while he had a reasonably um, menial job, he was, a, well, he was a radio technician, so it wasn't like he was a pilot or anything, but at the same time he was fixing the radios uh, in the aircraft so that they could communicate with the ground. Very um, responsible. A very responsible job, thank you. Yes. 
yes. He had a responsible job, working in a workshop at Heathrow. And as a result, we got um, discounted flights. So we got to fly places. And it also meant, because Dad worked there a long time, the longer you work there, the, the, better you, the better deal you get. And so there would be often times when we would be in a queue waiting to get on this plane and there would be pilots lower down the queue, even though they had swankier jobs because Dad had worked there a long time. So as a result, we got to go to... I went to Hong Kong when I was younger than my children. Um, I went to Hong Kong a couple of times. My family moved to Canada um, in the early 80s, and so we, we went to Canada several times to visit my family. And, and I'd, so I've already been to Hong Kong at the time, and I, I don't know if I've introduced you to my Auntie May before. Auntie May um, is, was a lovely character... Uh, <laughs> She liked to show off, maybe, I don't know. I, but she, she, I, my one memory of her, not my one memory, but one that sticks out in my mind when I went to Hong Kong, and she took me into a toy shop and said, you can have whatever you want. We just had this trolley, and it was almost like, I'm just kind of, it was like a dream. <laughs> and I'm like, look, almost looking at mum and dad as if to say, is this true? Can I really? To go around, and I remember getting this little Star Wars thing and various different things. That was Auntie May. Anyway, so we went to go and visit Auntie May and my uncle Leslie and my cousin Astrid <coughs> in Canada. And bearing in mind, I had a reasonably... Um, I was, we weren't poor, but we had a, a reasonably... Uh, what's the word? Um, no, not affluent. The, the opposite of affluent. Ordinary. Oh, I'll bring it. Yeah, and things were pretty tight. You know, Constrained. Constrained. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I should have written some notes on this. Um... <laughs> And so we got to Canada, and, and Canada, is a, to us, is like America. Everything's just big anyway. So we got to this house where Auntie May and Uncle Leslie lived, and it, to me, it was just like huge. There was this drive that you could almost fit an aeroplane on it. You know, it, it seemed like to me. I looked at it, the, the drive on Google Maps the other day, and it's actually not that big. But at the time, it just felt like enormous. Go in this front door, and there's this massive living room area on the right-hand side, and then a dining room, and you had going upstairs, it's up, big double garage and they say you go in and right in front of this massive kitchen um, I mean to me if my mum and dad still live in the same house and they've got a tiny kitchen I know we have a big kitchen now but at the time this was like going into this I don't know it's massive and then that wasn't it then you would turn left and you go into another living room which was the length of the house which had a massive TV in it and um, inside there was a great stereo system this appealed to me my cousin was into the beastie boys you ever heard of them thank you Emma. yeah i was into to 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 them at the time and so i was able to listen to records they had one of those you know the newt this is in the 80s remember the the newton cradle do you remember those I'll have to show you. So there's this kind of and i'm fascinated by things i remember playing with this thing where you hit the ball you know the thing? And all you hit the two balls and then the two balls. Yeah. Or you get the three and then, ah, oh, it's just amazing. Have, of energy. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then, and also my auntie, being my auntie, there was plenty of food. Uh, I love root beer. It just seemed like there was endless root beer in the fridge. And, and then there was a swimming pool outside the back. And so I would be swimming in the swimming pool and... From time to time, Auntie May would just bring a, a root beer and just place it by the side of the pool. It was just like, I'm a teenage boy, young teenage boy, this is... Oh, there was bikes in the garage? Yeah. Sorry? No, no cellar. It wasn't perfect, but it was, it was near enough, you know. 
Oh, okay, well, you can tell us about that sometime. And, and you know, it's like, and there's new smells, isn't there? When you go to a, a place like that, particularly, uh, like, I find when you go to America, they, they like their products, and so there's new smells, cleaning products, and just things, and it just all smells and, and tastes, and it's amazing. And bear in mind, you get off the plane, and, and, I, and you go into this place with a bit of jet lag. It's just too much, almost. Can you imagine this? You know, this, particularly as a boy. This, there's so many things you want to enjoy and explore, and you just think, where do I start? You know, I remember, actually, we had, I had watermelon there for the first time, and I'm thinking, this tastes amazing. It's fruit, and it tastes amazing. It's just a revelation. Um, and there's that excitement, and you, you want to go and try everything out. You want to get in the pool straight away, but mum sort of probably said, I don't know, I can't remember if she did, but probably said, no, no we need to go sleep or whatever. <laughs> you know, uh, it's time to go to bed. Um, and it was an amazing place as well as being an amazing place it was my auntie and uncle's place and my cousin's place and we were made to feel part of the family they, they, we, we stayed there we didn't just visit we stayed there in, in the, the, their second living room was so big we just stayed in it as a family and um, really made part of the family almost too much because I can remember my, my mum uh, getting a little bit upset because my auntie May had gone through our dirty laundry to, to, to do it for us while we were out. She just <laughs> got into our case, picked up the dirty laundry and put it in the washing machine and mum was a bit, oh. Um, their house became our house. Our family became their family. It was just very much drawn in, welcomed in and, and, and spoilt. I loved it being spoilt and, and that's, I still remember it now. I, can, I could literally take you through this house room by room if we were to go in there now. Um, and if I'm honest, every time we see my family, we still get sucked in with this love and this affection. There's always gifts. Uh, there's always food. There's always time. Why am I telling you all this? Because I think as you read Ephesians 1, the first few 14 verses that we read there, it's a little bit like that. Do you know what I mean? You are being welcomed into a very exciting family and a very exciting home in Christ. You've left your old home behind and you left your old life behind and you're welcomed in to this place and this thing which we call being Christians and which we call church and which the Bible talks about being in Christ and it's overwhelming. It's too much to take in. Even if I was to take you to this place in Canada, I did actually go on Google Maps and look this place up my, and, and you can I'll show you later if you want. You know, if I could take you there now and knock on the door and say, I would love to, it would take me quite some time to take you through all the memories of just, and I was only there for a week or two, a couple of times in my life, but, and now we're talking 30 years ago or something. But it's like that as we go into the book of Ephesians, it's overwhelming. This is too much to take in in one go. When you read it, did you think to yourself, yeah, I've got this one. I know where Richard's going to go with this today. I've read it, yeah, I think the message is clear. Or did you think, oh my goodness. We could spend weeks just looking at each word. I'm not going to do that, you're probably pleased to hear. I'm not going to, in fact, I'm not going to explain it all. I can't explain it all. It would, it would lose its impact if I started to explain it all. And I think we should be overwhelmed. We should be excited. We should be uh, thinking there's a lot to explore here. And I'd encourage you to explore it, which may take a lifetime, because it is overwhelming. There are many different uh, ideas, there are many different directions this passage pushes us in and takes us in. And I tell you why, 
because Jesus and his gospel are big. Yeah? They're big. They are exciting. They are overwhelming. And there's a lot to explore in the Father's house. And so I am going to just pick up on a few little things and I'll leave you to to look at the rest another time. If you look at the very opening, it describes a very relational thing. I'm related to my auntie and uncle. I mean, they're my dad's... My dad's brother and, and his sister, uh, sister-in-law, and so my cousin. But I only really ever saw them, well, a handful of times, really, because they live in Canada. And th- this, but the, the thing is, I was brought into, I, that they were family, whether, whether I knew it or not. They were family, and they are family. And you read the beginning here, and it's very relational. It, it's very about straight away father and son it's very much about talking about family if you look in verse 2 it says it speaks of God our father and the Lord Jesus Christ and then in verse 3 it speaks of God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ so in verse 2 you've got our father and the Lord Jesus Christ and in verse 3 you've got the father of Jesus and our Lord Jesus do you see so it's our father and his father the Lord and our Lord. It, it, straight away, within two sentences, Paul has kind of brought this all together and sort of said, do you know what? You're in the family. You know, God is Jesus' father and he's our father. Jesus is the Lord and he's also our Lord. Do you know what? You're in. You're in the door. And it's going to be overwhelming, but you're in. I want you to know that. You're drawn into the family straight away. It's not kind of laying it all out and then saying at the end, by the way, um, you might just be all right. You, you might be into this. He said, right from the very beginning, you are in. You're in the family. You're in the relationship. God is relationship, and it's almost like you are being brought into that relationship right from the word go. Jesus' Father is our Father. So there's ownership, and that's important. There's ownership. And there is um, relationship, and we are not distant. We are not disconnected. We are drawn right into that relationship straight away. And so this passage takes us from our lives. And this gospel takes us from our lives. And picks us up. Almost like taking us on an aeroplane journey. And dropping us in this completely different place. And says you are now in a different place. You are in Christ. And in Christ is one of the key verses. Let me, I'm just going to skim through these verses. See if you can hold on to your seats. These are the ones I found. Maybe I missed a few. But notice how many times it speaks of being in Christ. And when I'm talking about in Christ, imagine yourself as if like you're almost being physically taken and implanted into a place. Like I was taken and taken to a place. And I was going, oh my goodness, look at this house. Look at how many times it speaks of being in Christ. In verse 1 it says, The holy people of God, the faithful... In Christ Jesus. In verse 3 it says we are blessed in Christ. In verse 4 it says we are chosen in him. In verse 5 it says we are predestined for adoption as sons through Christ. In verse 6 it says we've been given grace in the one he loves, Christ. In verse 7 it says in him, Christ, we have forgiveness. In verse 8 it says God's will is known to us. In Christ, are you getting this? In verse 11 it says, in him, Christ, we were chosen. In verse 13 it says, you are included in Christ when you heard the gospel. In verse 13 it also says, you are marked in him 
with the Holy Spirit. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten times it says that in Christ. So in case you're in any doubt at all, you are in Christ. Yeah? I made Abigail laugh. This is Sunday school. Fantastic. Thank you. You're in the door. You're in Christ. You're in the house. You're in Christ. And it's actually, once that happens, it disorientates us away from ourselves and helps and makes us focus not on me and self, but reorientates us and allows us to focus on who God is and what he has done. It literally drops us into the middle of God. And as children related to a father, like Jesus relates to the father, we are there in the house, in Christ. And so rather than being individuals trying to make sense of our small lives in a relatively small world, if you look at the size of the universe, we are caught up into God, whose plan from the beginning to the end involved us. Verse 4 says, He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Even that, just taking that one of those sentences, it's mind-blowing. In him he chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And verse 10 it says, at the end of time God will bring all to unity in heaven and on earth under Christ. I was thinking about this. This is like cosmic family planning. This is all about family. Do you imagine this? You know, because... Just to understand children, you, you, you get to the sort of stage in your married life and you think to yourself, well, we'd like to have children now. And then you start to plan about that. And, and maybe that plan might involve, uh, you know, like getting the house together or getting a room prepared for, for children, that kind of thing. Imagine, that's what, what people do when they get married, but imagine God, before the creation of the world, is thinking, right, I've got a place for Graham. Oh, and he's going to get together with Sheila. So I've got a place for them. And then there's Rose and John, and then there's Emma, and there's Leslie, and Cherry. And he goes around the whole, like like all of us. And he's just going, and he had this plan from the beginning of time, before any of us. Yeah? That That is family planning. And you need to know that your life is not a coincidence. I'll read it again from verse 4. For he chose us, where? In him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Since before the beginning of time God predestined you to be adopted into his family. Which means he picked you well in advance to enter his house and to be a full member of his family. In fact, I'm going to go around. Aidan, before the beginning of time, he picked you. Shari, Margaret, Keith, Gabriella, Abigail, Louise, Josh, and everybody else who isn't here. (laughs) That's normally here. You know? He picked, he chose us to enter his house and become a full member of his family. He knew you were coming. I was watching a video. It was Eugene Peterson, I think, and his wife. And his wife said to this visitor... Because the visitor said, oh, you've got a lovely house. And they have got a lovely house. If you've seen video of him and Bono, it's this beautiful place by a lake, tranquil. You've got a beautiful house. She said, yeah. And when 
we we got this house. We knew you. It was we got this and we prepared this. And she, I can't remember how she quite put it, but she said, "We knew you were coming. We prepared this place for you." And God has that prepared for us from the beginning, before the beginning of time. It's not a case, and I think sometimes we feel this. It's not a case that we just turn up on the doorstep, <coughs> knocked on God's door, and said, "Please, can I come in?" And he just, you know, like you do when there's a double glazing window salesman or something, you open the door slightly with your foot here and the chain on it, and kind of, like, mm, mm. and yeah, and it's and it's somebody you feel. And sometimes it's somebody you feel like, oh, come in. Oh, you might, you know, and you try and see if there's any scraps or something left over just to feed them or give them a drink or something, you know. It is not like that with God. He knew you were coming from before the beginning of time because he prepared it and he'd chosen you for that. You have a place in the home of God. You have a place at the table. I, I like using that phrase when we have our feast meal to say to people, there is a place for you at the table because it is true in God. And... In the family home of God, there is so much to explore. In Christ, there is so much for us to take in. There is blessing. There is love. There is that idea of being chosen. There is that identity we have as a child of God. There is forgiveness. There is wisdom. There is understanding. There is the life of the Spirit like we sung about this morning. And as we read through this chapter, and I encourage you to read it this week again, you will be overwhelmed, as I was when I first went to Canada, by just the amount of stuff and the amount of things that God has done and is doing and gives us and pours out on us. And it's like, as we read this, it's like looking in out in somebody else's home or somebody else's life and they're thinking, this is an amazing life. This is an amazing home. And then that person says, yeah, this is yours. A bit like going into a toy shop and somebody saying, you can have whatever you want. It belongs to you. It's been prepared for you. God knew you were coming. It's rich and it's intense, but it is for you. And the only thing that really it mentions, all of this is God's doing, the only thing it really mentions of us doing in in this first passage is all that we do is just to praise him and thank him for it. So we are like the prodigal son. You know the story of the prodigal son? Yeah, and he was heading back home and what was his expectation his expectation was at the very most he would be able to be treated like his dad's servants that was his expectation so he was kind of like knocking on the doors can I come back in that, kind of, that was his expectation what happened when he got home dad goes you're back great I've got a whole load of stuff for you there's a robe, there's a ring there's a fattened calf, there's all of that there's status, there's celebration, there's position, there's affirmation. He's a child again. Now it's impossible to take that all in one go. It's impossible for all of the meaning of all of this to sink in one go. It's impossible to preach it all in one go. It's impossible just to even spend a day looking at it. And it would take a, a lifetime in Christ really to keep these things to, to, to sink in. And, and there's a point to that. Never think you've got it all. There's always more of God. There's more in the house for you to explore. It's a continual journey. And so what I want to do, just to finish off, I'm going to... I felt that the, the Lord would just have us 
receive some of these words from ourselves. And so I'm going to just read through these things. And maybe if some, some of, one of these words just um, touches you, maybe if we, we, can just, we can pray for you. Okay, So we're going to read through these, and maybe we'll just have a time of prayer, and we'll, we'll finish with a song. And that's how we're going to wrap up today. So I'm going to re- read through some of these things that you find in this passage that you, you won't take all of this in. But if there's one particular thing that you think, okay, I'm going to say, yeah, that's God speaking to me about this. Then um, let's respond to that and now allow others to pray for us in that. But within this, there is the idea that we are chosen. And I felt that maybe there are some people here that feel like their life is like, I don't know if you know, we're like this at school. And, and this, this was the one that really wondered whether there might be somebody in particular here that, you know, you're the last person to get chosen for the, the football or the netball team, you know? Did that ever happen to you? Yes. <laughs> to me, yeah. And, um, and always, oh, okay. <laughs> and I wonder whether some people feel like that in their lives. And then to know that God has chosen you before the beginning of time. Right before the beginning of time. You are not left to last minute. God didn't sort of think, oh, we need an extra person at King's. Oh, they'll do. No, from the beginning of time, you were chosen. So I'll leave that. If, that's, if that speaks to you, then maybe we can pray for you in a second. And connected with that, that you are predestined. And what that means is that, again, before your life started... God knew and ordained and planned for you to be here. And also he knew that all the things that you're, you have gone through and all the things you will go through were there. And yet he still chose you. And yet he still has a plan through all of those things. And I know as I look around the room, there's a lot of us have been through a, a fair few things and are going through a fair few things. But he has a plan. And we may feel like we're just steering our car through like, like you know, avoiding things left, right and centre at 100 miles an hour. That may be how our, we feel our life is like. But God would say that he preordained and he predestined us to be here and he will be, continue to be with us. He has chosen us and he will see us through. Even if it seems a mess and a disaster, he's working through it, there is a plan in it. Love is mentioned here. There are some people here that just need to continue to be reminded, I know we know it, that his love is unconditional and his love is unchanging. He loves you. Why? For no other reason than he loves you. And that's good news because if he loved you because your hair looks good, then that would be changeable, wouldn't it? Or, in some cases, non-existent. Okay? But the good news is God loves you because he loves you. Um, What else? There's grace mentioned here. What does grace mean? It means you have unmerited favour with God. Meaning you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve a house in Canada and all the contents of it. But he's going to give it to you anyway. That's my analogy. I'm not, that's not a prophecy, okay? <laughs> don't, don't start heading over to Canada thinking you've got a house. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? He, he gives us things we don't deserve. Forgiveness is there. Every wrong. And, and Sheila great job on the communion there that exactly what she says so i won't go over this too much but every wrong we've done all unrighteousness that is in us can be forgiven and isn't forgiven in jesus and finally two things there's unity he's placed us alongside 
this comes back to the chosen thing. Maybe it's, a, you know, we are diverse. If you look around, there's different ages, different backgrounds, different positions, but in Christ, there is unity. We are one. I think we'll stop there. There's, there's more. I'll leave it there. But if, if now, if there's any one of those things, or even several of those things that spoke to you, um, can we, well, I'm, we're going to sing our final song, but maybe after that, we'll take advantage, we've got space. Let's put your hand up and just say, can, can you come pray for me? Because I, I need to know that through all of this craziness in my life at the moment, God has preordained my life. Or you may need to know that actually I'm always feeling like the unchosen one or the last chosen one, but actually God would say, no, you are chosen as a firstborn, like first pick. I don't know how God does that, but he does everybody. He picks, you know, who's, who can I select, select to my team? Who's going to go first? And he can just kind of goes, you. <laughs> yeah? You are like the best football player. You are like the, the top goal scorer. He, and so he wants to pick you, and he has picked not you, but you. <laughs> Including you. <laughs> yeah? Does anyone relate to any of these things? Can we raise a hand if there are? If not, then that's fine. You've got it all. and um, Yeah, okay, at least one, two. All right. Let us gather around and, and pray for, for one another as we do that. Let's sing a song and then we will we'll do that. Is that right? I'm going to pray while I do it. So if, I'm going to sound like a real pro church now. The musicians would like to come up to the front again. <laughs> I'm going to pray. Okay. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for this great big gospel that we have in Christ. I pray help us to explore and grow into and enjoy the fullness of all that you have for us. Let us be overwhelmed by these words, but at the same time let these words minister to us and let us enjoy what you're doing in us. And so I pray for each one who's raised their hand today. Um, Let your ministry happen now through your spirit to them and minister these words to us and I pray this in and through Jesus Christ who we are in Amen